you ever wish that you could have a therapist as a friend? Well, now's your chance. I'm Marianne Griffith, and I'm the host of the Renewal Session Podcast, where each week we have real conversations about the messy and the meaningful things of life with me and some of my friends. I'm a therapist who's passionate about helping people break free of strongholds and create a better life. Pull up a seat and let's dive in to a real conversation. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Renewal Session. I am Marianne and my co-host is Katie. Hey, Katie. Hey. Okay, so we haven't talked in in a little bit. Yeah, you've been on vacation, seeing the world and stuff. It's been nice. It's been nice. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you look super you look super tan. What did you what did you say to me? I looked tropical. Yeah, you look like the human embodiment of a mimosa, I think was my exact wordage. What wordage? I don't actually I think it's verbiage, Katie. Verbiage. (laughs) Okay, so check this out. I actually did not have a single mimosa the whole time I was gone. If you I know you're not a mimosa girl. Listen, if you had said to me, you are the human embodiment of a mudslide, <laughs> that would have been more accurate. But also far more offensive. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Call somebody a mudslide. Lord Jesus. Listen, girl, no. they, we, there we were sitting, sitting having our uh, cocktails, and your father literally had so many mudslides that they quit asking and they just, when his cup was empty, they would just bring him another. Man, he just went full avalanche on him, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Now I myself stuck, stuck, tried and true to the pina colada. I I would have guessed that. You would have? That's that, that, well, that's, yeah, that's your go-to. Well, that or. uh, You're like a pina colada. Getting, you don't like getting caught in the rain though. (laughs) So that doesn't apply. Just that, just that one part. That one Do you part. like pina coladas? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Girl. Okay. So really quickly to tell you a funny story, cause we haven't talked uh, since we were on the vacation. I think your father just decided to like let loose a little bit on the vacation. Right. And you know how we've always said like, here's the line. And somehow in his joking, he always just like, passes over the line a little bit yeah and we're like hey here's the line well I forgot about the line because you know we were just relaxed having a good time we weren't drinking it was just relaxing right so every single night we had like dinner so we would get dressed and we would go to dinner and the same person was waiting on us each night now this is not because you're at a resort this is because you're on a cruise ship and you have the same waiter. It's not like it's not like you're going to the same restaurant every night at a resort. No, right, right. You got the same. Yeah. So anyway, so we're sitting there. <laughs> the guy comes up to your father, and because he thinks Papa's done with his plate, right? But yeah. we all know if you know Papa that he cleans his plate, right? Totally. So he did. I will. I will narc on him a little bit. He did have a mudslide. Okay, but it was only one, and he's a big guy, so it, it wasn't an effect. It wasn't going to affect him. But anyway, the guy oh, no. goes to grab the plate, and I kid you not, Katie, he goes, "Her," <gasps> he like growled at the guy. Papa did that. I was no. 
what are you doing right now? What the heck? He growled. It was so funny. Neil. We laughed so hard at that dinner because of different things (laughs) he did that the next night, a woman who was like three tables away came over to us and she said, I just want you to know I had woken up and I was just kind of having a bad day and everything. And then I came to dinner and you guys were laughing so hard. I couldn't help but laugh because I was watching you laugh. And I oh was my like, gosh. and so then of course that just gave Papa free permission to be humor crazy. Yeah. Every single night. Yeah. But, but we, How did. Funny. We, had a, we had a fabulous time. <laughs> we had a fabulous so funny. Time. So well, yeah. good. You I look, could, you I look relaxed. You, I could definitely tell you a whole lot of stories, but, uh, it, you know, they, they all kind of sum up in that one example of him growling right. at, at the waiter. How funny. Well, you look relaxed, and I'm yeah. glad that you're back from vacation because we're jumping straight into something not so fun to talk about. Right. <laughs> so, bad communication. Yeah, bad communication, exactly. So we're sticking yeah. with our, our tried and true, the, feel, the Feeling Good Handbook by Dr. David Burns. We are, we are digging into his lists a little bit. I should probably yeah. reach out to him and see if he could be on the show. That would be fun. I'm gonna, I'm, that I'll would be cool. I'll send an email because... Let me tell you, he sold over 1 million copies of this book. And I just love, like for those people that don't necessarily love to read, read, um, he's yeah. got some pretty amazing charts in this book yeah. that just like outline stuff, like 10 reasons we struggle to communicate with people, 10 ways to do this, that. And so this, this particular chart we're talking about is the characteristics of bad communication. And we're going to hit it up over two episodes because there's just so many and you and I tend to um, talk too long. Blabber. Um, what, blabber? Did you just say we're blabberers? Blabbering. Isn't that what people say? That, I've, I've never been told I was a blabberer. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm fearful now because we got people who love us listening to this. And I feel like I'm going to get some texts that say, well, no, Marianne, we just didn't want to tell you, but you do blabber. I feel like, I don't even know if I've ever used that in a sentence, but it just felt right. Okay. So let's let's get on to the first characteristic of bad, um, bad communication. And that he says, number one is truth. Yeah. You insist that you are right and the other person is wrong. So this right. is the thing. Like people, this is an undercurrent in a lot of communication is the need to be right. That there has to be a, somebody that's right and somebody that's wrong. And, and this is kind of the dynamic that gets in the way of compromise. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Like this like universal truth and I know it. <laughs> Like I'm the person that knows the truth and you do no, not. And I things. think that, yeah, I know all things. I know how to do it the right way. I know how to do it the most efficiently. I know I that you, you dated could... a person that was kind of like this at one point or another, didn't you? I probably dated one of all of these and there's 15 of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you definitely dated a fact checker. Oh that, yeah. That yeah. had to always be right. But along yeah. with right or wrong also comes good or bad right? Yeah. That it, it's a little bit of um, all or nothing, black and white thinking, Yeah, um, yeah. which is usually tied into something in your story. 
right? That yeah. you, you've had some kind of experience in your family. I know like in my family, there certainly is a right or wrong person. And typically it was totally. always my dad. Yeah. My dad was always the right one and everybody else was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, well and I, and I, and I live with them, so I can attest to that, but yes. He's, he's that's less true. like that as he's gotten older, but that's because he talks. Yeah. Less. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So then the second one is blame. You say that the problem is the other person's fault, right? So sometimes we can call mm-hmm. this abdicating responsibility, not me, you. I wouldn't have done this if it hadn't been for you, even as yeah. a byproduct of this. Um, or you made me do this. Yeah. And I, yeah. and it, it's it, it, the longer version of this is called shifting blame. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think we can see, we can see this a lot in other people, but sometimes we can't really see this in ourselves. And sometimes this doesn't even actually have to be something that's intentional that we do. And, and, and most of these aren't necessarily, I'm going to set out to intentionally be a bad communicator, but in reality, the pain of taking the blame for something is so great that usually blame comes with shame which is yeah. why somebody passes it on to another person. Right. Right. So, yeah. um, so a lot of times if you feel any kind of shame or you feel misunderstood or um, that you will go and blame the other person for that thing. And yeah. Then- which I think actually goes hand in hand with the next one, which is martyrdom where you claim that you're the innocent victim. I think a lot of people will use blame in order to achieve martyrdom if that makes sense. Like, oh, I'm going to pass on the blame or the responsibility for this thing. So that way I look like I have a clean slate. I look like I was a victim because it didn't get done. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people use blame in order to achieve feeling a sense of, oh, woe is me. I'm the, I'm the victim. Well, I was talking like, like I didn't, like I didn't call the doctor because you didn't give me the phone number for the doctor. Therefore I'm the victim. Yes. I had somebody I was talking to the other day who was saying that anytime they would speak their mind to, you know, this person in their life, right. Whether it be a mother or friend or a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, but they would go to speak their mind or tell them, Oh, you hurt my feelings. It, they were immediately met with this martyrdom, right? Yeah. Like, like, why are you hurting my feelings? Why are you making me out to be the bad guy? And, and so there was no space then for yeah. the person to have the right to have their own feelings because the person is just going to play the victim. Like you're just, right. so what's the point? Yeah. Like why bother? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then yeah. The, the fourth one is the put down. And this mm. is when uh, you're going to imply that the other person is a loser because he or she always or never does certain things. I don't really like this definition because when I think of people putting people down, I tend to think, I, I don't even say, oh, they're putting them down. I tend to say, you know, like they're ripping. Insulting. On yeah. Like, yeah. You're just ripping on the person. You're just going to town. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the question is, why, why put somebody else down? 
And is this, can this be done subtly or is this something that's pretty aggressive? Well, I think the idea behind like always or never is that they are like <clears throat> very pervasive terms, right? Like they impact, they like imply this is something that consumes an entire part of your being. Like this is, you are consistently always late. You never do this. You never do that. You always drop the ball on this. And so I think it implies like a intensity. And so I think like, I think people use it in order to imply intensity, but I think it can become character defining where it starts to hurt feelings, if that makes sense. Yeah. Your father always, you know, well, myself too, but notice what I just said. Your father always. Yeah. <laughs> but this yeah. is, these words always and never, they're a hinge for people, man. Like yeah. a whole argument can just start over those two words. Yeah, totally. It, it'll throw you into this debate of all or nothing thinking and then the other person needing to defend themselves to say, well, what about the one time I didn't? Or that's not fair. Right. I don't always do that. Right. And I think, you know, this kind of goes with um, a way of thinking that I have. It's called internal family systems is the therapy approach. But basically the concept yeah. of internal family systems is that we're made of lots of different parts of ourselves. And sometimes with the always or never, it's like you're saying it about the whole person versus a yeah. part of the person, right? And yeah. so I, I think the reason it triggers a lot of people is because they're hearing all of me in there also, right? They're not just hearing a part of you never does. It's all of you never does. Yeah. Well, and I think is, it's like, you know, go ahead. Well, just cause I've heard you talk about internal family systems my whole life. Like you've always talked about parts and I've always thought it was so interesting, but I think the one thing is, you know, when people say, Oh, you always does, it implies that the whole person always does. Right. Not just like a part of that person. That's and so I think what you know, I just said, I know I'm Mary. <laughs> listen I'm saying that I think a way to avoid that is saying I feel like in these situations that can be a tendency for you and then that that backs you into a more specific example rather than it being like an umbrella statement of you always do this you never do that yes I'm yes. just offering yes. solutions here Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I, I didn't realize. I thought we were just... I took a break. I took a break to fix that one. I just felt like people needed a hint on how to help, help themselves. So anyway, <laughs> moving, moving on. So again, I go back to like, I, I didn't like this definition because I think I was focused on how we put people down in other ways, right? With the things like, you're such an idiot, or yeah. like, why, why did you do that? That was a real, like, that was a statement I said a lot for a lot of years. Like, why'd you do that? Why, why are we Help me help that? you. Oh. <laughs> help oh. me help you. Well, that's legit. What's happening? What's happening? That was another one of your oh. favorites. <laughs> if you know Marianne, she has this like hand thing that she'll do and she'll like wave it at you. She's like, what's happening? Like if she doesn't understand why you've made a certain decision or why you're dressed a certain way, 
it was yeah you don't do it as much anymore but we had like a running list of all of the like stupid things you would say that were like <laughs> you just had all these little phrases i well, don't know we get confused like here's an example and and i feel like i'm narking on myself all the time in this show so you you probably need to find something to nark on about yourself but i'm gonna use this one and it's super petty super super petty but there are multiple ways to get to our home right our subdivision has various ways to come in and go out yeah and i typically am a creature of habit and i believe in my mind that my habit is the fastest most efficient way so when i go to get to our house from like the shopping area in front of our home i will typically come straight through the main road uh in the subdivision right however and i also believe that's the right way to do it why would you ever go a different direction there's no stop signs there's no reason like to not go the direction i'm talking about right father on the other hand will sometimes go in what I call rogue and he will bypass the main road into the subdivision, go up to the stop sign, make a left, go down the street, turn. How dare he? And then he turns left again and then he comes down the street. Right. He goes all the way off. He goes all the way up to Wolf. Yes. Oh no, Neil. Yeah. So, this has been a thing where I'll be in the car and I'm like, seriously, what are you doing? And he's like, I just wanted to go a different way. And I'm like, no, we don't do that. We go the most efficient way. Like, I don't, that's the wrong way to go. Like you don't yeah. do that. And he's like, no, I just wanted to do this. And sometimes I know he's just doing it to be a stinker. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's got this little like glimmer in his eye. Like I'm really going to stick it to her right now. Yeah. But this goes into that, that truth and all also that put down of like, you're stupid for going this way. It's the mm-hmm. least efficient way to get to our home. When really, right. who cares? We got right. There. So one day, this is just like, I, I'm just going off on a tangent one time. Okay. So we have this like big, big, um, new gas station, not far from our house. And that's yeah, huge. Yeah, it's huge. And yeah. your father t- and I were both, we were filling up the cars, right? I was in my car, he was in his. And he decides that we're going to time ourselves because he wants to prove to me that I am not right. Right. Oh my gosh. So we come out of this, it come out of the gas station. We go down <laughs> one light and we turn on this road. It's called fifth street. We turn on the road. And then there are two roads that you can go down in our subdivision. One is they're both straight, but one is more straight. And the other one's got a little bit of a curve in it. So he says, I'm going to take the street. I normally would take you take the street. You normally would take, let's see who gets to the house first. <gasps> I know, right? Like, game on. Yeah. I'm like dead serious about this, too, right? So we, so we take off. Now, he has a fuel-efficient car. He has a oh, yeah. Okay, Mary. Make yourself feel better. Okay. He won, he won didn't he? 
no, 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 no. I'm, I just need to explain this. He has a fuel efficient car and he drives like a granny in this car because it's got like a little monitor that it will tell him like, oh, if you drive in this zone, you're going to get the best gas mileage, right? So every time I'm in the car with him, he's driving like a granny. Oh no. He decides to press the pedal to the metal. The man takes off like a bullet. I mean, now granted it's a hybrid, so it's a, you know, it's relative, but he takes off like a bullet. I'm in my SUV trying to catch up. Like, I kid you not, trying to catch up. He gets to the house first. Not only does he get to the house first, but he gets out and he leans against his trunk <gasps> to say to me, without saying a single word, a single word, to say to me, told you so. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I pull in the driveway. He doesn't make a sound. He just leans on the back of his car and looking all smug. Yeah. All smug waiting for me to say something. I just go in the house. I'm like, I'm not speaking to you about this. Oh my gosh. You guys have gotten, you guys have gotten crazy being empty nesters. So I'm just saying that sometimes bad communication is the silent treatment. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. That yeah. was my plan that he, he proved to me I was wrong. And so he, he was like, I'm going to win this argument by saying nothing. And I was like, that's fine. I see you're nothing. And I raise you my nothing. <laughs> yeah. We are so dumb. Oh my God. We are so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so the next one, number five is hopelessness. You give up and you insist that there's no point in trying. I, I actually think that this is way, way bigger of a problem than a lot of us face. It's like, you know, we just are acknowledge. I feel like this is something that happens quite a bit in relationships where you feel like you're not going to change the other person. So why do I even bother trying? And then what happens is the person starts to go through bitter, bitterness and resentment that ultimately lands into hopelessness because it would be better to feel hopeless than it would to keep trying. Right. And, and I think this can happen on a lot of things and it can happen little things and big things. And I was talking to somebody not too long ago and it, it was a really little thing. Why are you grinning? No, I'm just curious what story you're going to tell. Wait, I want to know what story you think I'm going to say. I thought you were going to tell a story that I had told you. Oh, wait, go give it to me. Well, I don't, I, I was just, I don't know. My brain is not, I'm not good with memories. Never mind. I'm, <laughs> wait, I'm backing, I'm backing out. I don't know. I feel like I have things where I've been bitter and resentful and then I just end up getting hopeless and you have to like pull my head out of the sand and be like, don't be hopeless about this. This is something to fight for. I feel like that's happened to me a couple of times in my life. But you don't have a particular example. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Just give it. Just okay. Give it. So I, on, I, I've, I've been in relationships where I think, oh, I'm going to be a good enough person and I'm going to love on them the right way. And I'm going to set up their life for them. And I'm not going to make them have to work at all. And I'm just going to make everything perfect. 
And I think, oh, by doing that, they're going to react a certain way, or they're going to straighten themselves out, or they're going to, you know, take responsibility and be in charge and like lead. And that doesn't happen. And then I get bitter and upset and I end up getting hopeless. And then I end up just doing it because I would rather just do it and not get my hopes up that they're going to do it or whatever it is. Right. And so then I end up like kind of falling back into this position of, I continue to take responsibility for things that I shouldn't have to. Right. That makes sense. And I think a lot of people do that. uh, Yeah. I think it's over-functioning for the fact that another person is under-functioning. Right. I wasn't going to use you as an example, but that's a good one. I think another example is something as basic as I've asked you to do this a thousand times. Yeah. You know, I can think about your brother when he was younger where I would say, are you, (laughs) I would say, Hey Jack, you're in charge of making sure that Lulu has food and water, right? Jack, Mm -hmm. you're in charge of food and water, food and water, right? We go through this over and over again. And finally I was like, this kid is going to starve our dog. Like (laughs) literally is going to starve our dog and cause her to be completely dehydrated why do I keep banging my head against the wall, hoping that one day he will finally figure it out? And it took me a while to get there to feel that hopelessness, but because I just fight to the end. In fact, one time I took, I don't even think you know, you weren't living here at this point. I took the dog food and bottles of water and Lulu's bowls and stuck them on his pillows. (gasps) I was like, he's going to do it. Do you know what he did? What? He just took him right back in my room empty. <gasps> oh my gosh. And that's when I felt deep hopelessness. Yeah. Like, How there's, funny. There's no chance of this kid ever. Well, at least he at least he put him back in your room and not like on his floor, never to be seen again. Exactly. That's true. I guess that's that's the bright side of that. So he did, he did do something. Well, I think, but (laughs) I'm using the example because sometimes we give up and it's just little things, but like your example is great of like, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, I've explained it. I've said it a thousand different ways. And at the end of the day, nothing's changing. And I have two choices. I can be bitter and resentful, or I can just give up and, and, except defeat. Well, and I think also in those situations, there can be great vulnerability that is caused by that hopelessness. You know, it's like to get to that point in a relationship, you really have to have been let down several times. And so that part of you that is holding hope or that has been holding hope, notice I'm saying that part, because I really do believe in the internal family systems stuff, but that part of you that is holding on to the hope in that situation just gets more and more tender every single time you're let down because you protect it more and you start to like cradle that hope. And I think then challenging yourself, like when, you know, if you are sitting down and evaluating and taking an inventory of your communication styles, I think it can be really challenging to allow yourself to express that part of you because you've worked so hard through your hopelessness to protect that tender hope, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I think nobody starts into a relationship 
with yeah. anything other than hope, right? We come in yeah. really anticipating that this can be wonderful, whether it be a friendship or a significant other. We, we yeah. hope for the best in a relationship, and you're right. We put ourselves out there, and then there's a vulnerability that comes with the disappointment. And some people, when they feel a sense of hopelessness, really retreat within themselves, and some people just get mean or bitter yeah. or sarcastic, you know? Yeah. And so it, it, I, I think it's the shutting off of themselves and how they then feel the need to keep protecting themselves. Like, I'm not going, you're not going to hurt me. And well, that's like comedians. Comedians do that all the time. You know, they reach a point where they are trying to protect a vulnerable, like they, they, they talk about this a lot with comedians where they have this internal personality that they don't let out. So it's much safer to show their stage personality because their, you know, internal personality has been hurt so many times. And they just have lost hope that anybody could love that part of them. So they're just going to exploit the stage personality. And I think we do that in relationships too. You know, it's not just comedians that do that. And that's why when we're shocked, when we find out that those famous comedians had some kind of mental health struggle. Yeah. Right. Like I think yeah. it was like the other day I was watching something um, it was some stupid movie that you're, that I, I normally wouldn't pick, but, um, well, that could be anything. Huh? You're very picky. You're very picky about movies. So that could That's be anything. That's true. I have, a wide, I have a wide array of, of movie choices. I just don't right. do like dumb humor, like stupid humor. Like I, I just, I so don't. So I'm assuming it, I'm assuming it was not a Will Ferrell movie. Okay, I do like Talladega Nights. Yeah. And I have come to love Step Brothers, but... What was that one where it was like... Where was the, what was the one that he was in where it was like, yeah, yeah, ding dong. What's that? Katie, again, I only told you the two Will Ferrell. You watched it with me. Don't lie. It was like a Dutch music festival that he was in. Oh, 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 shoot. Why did you say... What is the name? Is what is the name of <laughs> Dang it. It was it is, like the like big a huge festival over in like Europe. Somebody will Euro, somebody will think of Eurovision. it. Eurovision. Eurovision. Yeah, the main the main song was yeah yeah ding dong ding dong. And we were singing it like a whole weekend. It was great. Anyway. You did that. Highly with recommend. Else. I didn't sing that song with you. I sang it with Papa for sure. I know. That's very anyway. Well. anyway, my point is is that it led me on, you know, one of my go check out a thousand different things on Wikipedia. And I got curious about where is Jim Carrey? Like, oh, he's an artist he? now. I don't know about that, but I do know that he, what, why are you staring at me? I don't know if he's an artist. He might be an artist. <laughs> I literally just told you he's an artist. <laughs> like, just believe me. Okay. I'm I just told you. you. I'm just saying I he, didn't know that. <laughs> you should look it up. He makes beautiful art. He does? Yes, he paints with like buckets. What? And he like swings them around. Yes, and he's got like scaffolding that he lays out on. It's like a whole thing. Seriously? No, I'm joking. Are you joking? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I saw it on Instagram. I'm Jim serious. Carrey, Go look it up. The mask. Yes. Okay. I'm yes. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to go check that out. 
but you, your heart sank a little bit when I told you I was joking. I I'm did. Not joking. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, but it was very funny. My point is, because we are so derailed at this point. My point is, okay. is that Jim Carrey has come forward and said he has really struggled with mental health issues and yeah. that his public persona, what he puts out there is a way to cope with his mental health issues. And you see this time and time again, where these, these comedians or these celebrities, um, we create this idea of who they are when really secretly there's so much struggle going on that we don't even, we don't even realize. And, and so I think it's important to recognize that when people, um, are are over the top sometimes that there's a yeah. story that's going right on, right like what's going yeah. on that's that's making this person function this way and it doesn't always have to be negative i mean i'm definitely a person who laughs really loud and and is gregarious and has lots of opinions and i like to believe that um some of those are just authentic but there are right. times where those are indicators for people. Yeah. Right. Totally. Okay. So number six is demandingness. Okay. And this says, you say you've, you're entitled to better treatment, but you refuse to ask for what you want in direct and straightforward way. Yeah. So this is like the guessing. Like I see this so them. much. Yeah. Do you do this? I, I see this so much at work. Just oh, like that's... The, well, I, so I work in a hospital, I do discharge planning, and this is not like in the realm of in like personal relationships, but I just see this a lot where people are like, well, you should know what I need. Like you, you should be the person that knows what I need. When I like, I don't know what your house looks like, you know, I don't know what your issues are and yet I'm expected to know everything supposedly. But yeah. I think people do this yeah. in relationships. Also, we kind of talked about this last week with the TikTok moms where they're like, oh, you should know to get me French fries at McDonald's when you go through McDonald's and I didn't ask for French fries, but you should know to bring them to me. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> like this like idea of like, you should be able to mind read or you should That's be exactly able right. yeah. to mind. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that kind of ties into this, of this demanding better treatment without actually telling anybody what and you're needing. And sometimes it's really tied to love, right? Mm -hmm. or, or if you knew me, if you loved me, then you would have. Yeah. And, and the reality is that so sometimes people just don't track with people. Right. Sometimes people just forget. Sometimes you can send a text message that is incredibly specific about what you want and the other person reads it differently. <laughs> well like here's an example and Can I, I give you this is this example. is why well no but this is a more specific example I love that you're my mom because we can have conversations like this and it's raw and authentic and open and whatever but I think something that a lot of people can relate to is like intimacy and if you said to somebody I just want our I just want to feel more intimately connected to you some people interpret that totally different <laughs> than you might be meaning it right and so those signals might be like your definition of intimacy might be different than somebody else's. And so that's why it's so important to have that straightforward, 
Like, no, I want to sit and talk or I want to go on walks together and talk about our future plans and like, you know, process our days together where somebody else might interpret that as I want to be touchy feely and cuddle all night and you know, whatever. So you have to be specific about what that means for you. And I think that like carries off to like so many different topics, but I just, that in my head that popped in as like, Oh, that's a real thing that like, if you're not careful, that can lead to misinterpretation. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I see a lot of times when I do marriage counseling is that it, and it really is a female thing. I see it most in females. I don't really see it in men. Um, Mm -hmm. but like a woman will say something like he never comes to bed with me, right? Like he Mm. falls asleep on the couch or, you know, whatever. Like, let's just use the fall asleep on the couch. And I'll say, have you shared with him that you would like him to come to bed at the same time as you? And he will pipe up and say, she has never said that. And she's like, well, you should just know. Yeah. And he's like, why would I know that? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Go to bed at, you go to bed and you like to read. I don't like to read before I go to bed. So why would I want to go to bed with you? What am I going to do? Because you also don't want me to play on my phone. So what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose, lose situation here, right? Yeah. And, and usually it's that mind reading and that implication yeah. of like, it's, a, it, it's ironically, and I think you and I have talked about it before, ironically, it's a, it's a nonverbal bid for connection. And yeah. what's happening is you're supposed to read my mind and that reading of my mind implies we're connected. But when you don't yeah. track with me, that equals you don't care about me and we're not connected. Right. And you're also completely oblivious to the fact that we're not connected. Yeah. Whereas the guy's going, I literally had no idea that this was yeah. like a thing. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for men you know? Yeah. Not all the time, but like, sometimes I, I also, I also feel bad for women though. Like our brains can be so overactive. Yes. (laughs) I feel feel bad for us. Like we're just so tired. We are. That's, that's a hundred percent true. When when I was on vacation, uh, Papa said, you know what I, my goal for you is Marianne. And I said, Oh no, do tell (laughs) thinking it's probably something completely male oriented. And he goes, I want you to be able to go a whole two to four hours, but we'll just say conservatively two hours and not have to say a word. Oh. And I was like, are you telling me I talk too much? He's like, no, (laughs) I'm telling you, I want you to have rest. Yeah. And I think that goes to your point is like a lot of times a woman's mind is running on hyperdrive and we never get the opportunity to rest. So the very connection that we're longing to experience, we're not in the present. Yeah. Like we're, we, and his point was, I want you to be able to rest so you can really experience the relaxation that you came on this vacation to get. Yeah. You know, and I was like, Oh, that's sweet. Now, if you took him a long time to get there though. Yeah, but well, and my response was, 
I, I think I can do that. If you personally will stop growling at the waiters. <laughs> <laughs> and the poor guy is like, like, I don't even know what to do. Oh, and really quick, because we're going to end. I just have to tell one more thing about, about yeah. meditation. So, you know, you can, you can get multiples of things. Like, they don't tell you that, like, you, that you can get multiple appetizers, but you can, right? Yeah. This particular night, they had coconut shrimp and shrimp cocktail as appetizer options. And then mm-hmm. in the course options, they had lobster, right? Well, this was by, like, I don't know, let's just pick a night, Thursday night. So it was, it was far into the vacation. And at this point, Papa had already growled at the guy. So there was a joking. Oh my gosh. And so Papa's like, I would like the shrimp cocktail. And then I would like also the coconut shrimp. And then I would like the lobster tail. And he said, and the guy goes, oh, you want the big brother, huh? (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> like the like the fish content was just getting yeah. larger. <laughs> but he was saying oh it with an God. accent, so it was way funnier than what we were. Yeah, we said. how funny. So, anyway, it was a great vacation. But all right, I'm so, so glad week, you got to go. And so next week we're going to pick up with the remaining ones, and we'll just give you a little teaser. Right there, there are seven more techniques of bad or characteristics of bad communication so we have only just begun but yeah i think what we're going to find out it is very easy in all of these lists to look at other people and to say yeah. oh yeah so and so does that yeah. the hardest part of any list like this is to do some self-examination so that we can say okay i do these things and I need to begin to recognize them because they're not helpful and they're not going to get me any closer to the end game. And so yeah. I need to take some, I, I got to take some steps back here and evaluate the why behind what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's like with you, with the whole over, overcompensating and ultimately experiencing hopelessness you know, one of the things I said to you is I think you need to ask yourself the question, why do you feel the need to compensate so strongly for another person. Yeah. You know, why, why is it that, what are you afraid is going to happen if that person doesn't step up to the table? Yeah. Which is a very, a very scary question, truthfully. Yeah. And maybe we'll dig into that at some point, just theoretically, we don't have to go get deep into your junk, but you know, yeah. I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. What are we afraid is going to happen if we don't do some of these behaviors? Yeah. Right. No, I think that'd be good. Yeah. I think that that's a solid question. I tell people, I had somebody say to me the other day, what are those big questions you always say? And I said, my number one question is how can I be with you in the way that you need? Number yeah. one. And number two, what are you afraid is going to happen if you stop that behavior? Yep killer question and it'll get you pretty far especially if you're journaling yes that's true which okay really fast i know we keep saying this your video journaling did you get that idea from grace and frankie no did they do that on grace Grace and frankie Frankie? yeah oh really 
Oh, it was good. I love, I love me some Frankie. That's because she reminds you of Peggy and you love Peggy so much. I aspire to be Frankie. No, I um, thought about, yeah, yes, I've been video journaling just really quick about it. Um, so you were on vacation and you were like out in the ocean because you're on the cruise and you're usually the person I would call to complain about stuff. And I thought, oh, I should try and video journal and see just like if I do it for a couple of days, how it feels like maybe I can just like get my fix from talking to myself basically on a video. And so, <laughs> so I started like, well, anytime I wanted to call you, I started recording myself and I would talk for like two minutes and then I would be like, okay, you know, that's it. I'm good. I got it out of my system. And then I started like listening to the videos and I was like, dang, I talk about the same thing a lot. Oh, really? Like, I, just, <laughs> I just have like, I just have like one topic at a time and that's all I talk about. <laughs> what, what were you <laughs> talking talk about? about? I had some stuff going on at work and so I just was like talking about it like constantly like the whole week and I was like man I really just don't have anything else I, I want to talk about do I that's it that's all I got <laughs> so what wait so are you discovering when you re-listen to these video journals basically I call my mom just to complain yeah well but also it was kind of funny because I did find myself feeling very validated by myself if that Ooh. makes sense so I did think that was very cool because I was talking and I was like, yeah, I actually really do feel this way or I do feel this way or whatever. And so that was really cool because I felt like the more I talked, the more I was believing in myself, if that makes sense. I think also that's interesting is that it was only for a few minutes, whereas if we were yeah. talking, it would go on much longer. Yeah. So yeah, no, my videos, I don't think in, in a short period of time. Yeah, I think I talked the longest was like three minutes. Interesting. Well, I know. So that's kind of cool. I also have, I also have bought myself a planner. Um, that's going to be my journal for next year because I saw this girl on TikTok doing it. And she said, it's way less intimidating to just have a planner and every day, write down your highs, your lows and things that you wish for the future. And that's what that's her like version of journaling and so she does a planner and every day that's what she journals okay because it's just a confined little space so it's not like as overwhelming as like a full page oh interesting all right i know we should do like a self-care episode we should definitely do an episode that talks about the things i learned on tiktok literally i could have a whole episode on that so all right girl anyway thank you you too bye guys bye I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Renewal Session Podcast. Make sure to head on over to iTunes and rate and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are dropping every Thursday, and I can't wait for you to tune in to next time. Until then, live your best life.